0: Welcome to Grace and Glory Audio featuring Pastor P.G. Matthew. Today, Pastor Matthew continues in the Bible series in the Book of Romans with Part 1 of this message entitled, Our Life in God's Church. Preach, February 26, 2012. We are speaking about life in God's Church. Life of believers, not life of the wicked people. Life of God's people in God's church we notice especially beginning with Romans 12 St Paul applies the gospel to the practical life of the people of God word of God must always be applied The evidence of salvation brought about by the mercies of God is a life of sacrificial love to God and to God's people. Jesus said, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your strength, and above all, with all your mind and love your neighbor as yourself. Again Jesus said a new commandment I give you. Love one another. As I have loved you, so you must love one another. By this all men will know that you are my disciples if you love one another. St. John said in 1 John chapter 3 we know that we have passed from death to life because we love our brothers. Anyone who does not love his brothers remain in death. The gospel renews our mind and transforms our life. The gospel changes us from glory to glory. The purpose of God's Son's incarnation was to bring many sons to glory. So a Christian is not proud, he alone is humble. And thinks realistically in keeping with God's gift of faith. He knows he is only a member of the one body of Christ, the church. He depends on all other members of the one body. And all others depend on him. He is devoted to one another. He honors others above himself. And he gladly shares with God's people who are in need what he has. So a Christian's life in God's holy church is based on the biblical understanding of ecclesia church. We are living at a time when autonomy and antinomianism reign not only in the world but in the church. Church is seen as a gathering of individuals with no vital relationship to God or to one another. A gathering of people for selfish purposes not for worshipping the living triune God and to hear his holy word the Bible speaks of God's church in various metaphors so first I want to speak to you about the nature of the church and secondly the nature of church life the nature of the church first the church is compared to The temple of God. In the tabernacle of God. God was present in the Holy of Holies. In the glory cloud. Above the ark. So we read in Exodus 40. Then the cloud covered the tent of meeting. And the glory of the Lord filled the tabernacle. It was also true in the temple of Solomon. 1 Kings 8, when the priests withdrew from the holy place, the cloud filled the temple of the Lord, and the priests could not perform their service because of the glory cloud of God's presence. This is also true in God's church, which is a building of living stones consisting of God's holy people Matthew 16 Jesus says and I tell you that you are Peter on this rock I will build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it And Jesus said in Matthew 18 and verse 24, where two or three are gathered together in my name, there I am in the midst, sir. Church where God Himself dwells. Each believer is built in relation to Jesus Christ and to every other believer. Christ's church is recognized. By many things. Number one, the expository preaching of the Word of God, Sola Scriptura. So a church is known first by the preaching, expository preaching of the Word of God. Secondly, it is known by biblical administration of the sacraments of baptism and the Lord's Supper. Number three, a church is known by the community life, governed by sacrificial love. Number four, the church is known for discipline, order. That is biblical government. That ensures holiness of God in the life of every believer. For God says, "Be holy, for I am holy." So each Christian lives a relational life, loving God and God's people. Therefore, a believer, a living stone built into the building called the church. If such a believer suddenly cannot go away from the church. You cannot go away from the church which God builds with living stone. But if someone goes away from God's church where these marks exist. That person has been rejected by Christ. That person is not a living stone. And therefore that person is loose. And goes away. And so we read in 1 John 2 verse 19. They went out from us but they did not really belong to us. For if they had belonged to us. They would have remained with us. But they are going showed that none of them belong to us. You cannot leave God's church. If God has made you a living stone. And built you into the church. God's temple is holy. God dwells there. So a true believer. Strives. To live a holy life and if you don't the church exercises government discipline so we read in first Peter 2 and you come to him that is Jesus Christ who is the living stone rejected by men but chosen by God and precious to him and you also like living stones are being built into a spiritual house being built into a spiritual house to be a holy priesthood offering spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ and he says in First Peter 2 9 but you are a chosen people a royal priesthood that means you are kings and priests. A holy nation. A people belonging to God that you may declare by your life and by your words the praises of him who called you out of darkness into the marvelous light. In First Corinthians 3.16 Don't you know that you yourselves are God's temple And that God's spirit lives in you. Ephesians 2 verse 20. Built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets with Christ himself. As the chief cornerstone in him the whole building is joined together. And rises to become a holy temple in the Lord and in him you two are what being built together to become a dwelling in which God dwells by his spirit you see the relation to God and relation to one another you cannot get out and you don't want to get out if you got out you didn't belong to Christ that is the idea An unholy church is where God's word is not preached. Where God does not dwell. It is a synagogue of Satan where autonomous individuals gather to do what they please. The nature of the church, number two, family of God. God's church is also called the family of God. 2nd Corinthians 6.18 I will be a father to you and you will be my sons and daughters says the Lord Almighty. Mark 3 Then Jesus' mother and brothers arrived standing outside they sent someone in to call him. A crowd was sitting around him and they told him your mother and brothers are outside looking for you. Who are my mother and my brothers, he asked. Then he looked at those seated in a circle around him and said, Here are my mother and brothers who do the will of my father. In Ephesians 2.19, Consequently, you are no longer foreigners and aliens, but fellow citizens with God's people, And members of God's household. Thank God. God is our heavenly father. There is love. There is intimacy of life. There is reverential access to the father. We pray to him and he hears our prayers. He provides for us. Our heavenly father always knows what we need. We are his children by adoption. We are heirs of God and joined heirs with Christ. He is pleased to give us a kingdom. Which is righteousness, peace and joy in the Holy Spirit. Because he is our father. We love our father in heaven. And all his children born of God. This spiritual family of God is eternal. And infinitely superior to natural family of unbelieving people. Who according to the Bible are children of the devil. Number three. What is a church? Vine and branches. The church of Jesus Christ is compared to the vine and branches. Jesus Christ is the vine and every believer is vitally united with the vine so that the life of Christ flows into every branch to produce much fruit for the glory of the father a fruitless branch is a false believer he will be cut off in due time cut off thrown out to be gathered and burned those who go away from God's holy church are those who are not in Christ because if you are in Christ it is impossible for you to go away they have no life of Christ they are arrogant, lifeless and graceless only those who are united with Christ can say I can do all things through Jesus Christ who gives me strength. Number four, what is church? Church is the bride of Christ. Ephesians 5.32 speaks of the mystery of Christ and the church. This is a profound mystery, but I'm speaking about Christ and the church. Church. Paul himself speaks in the same way in Second Corinthians chapter eleven verse two. I am jealous for you with a godly jealousy. I promise you to one husband to Christ so that I might present you as a pure virgin to him. The bride of Christ is unlike the great prostitute Babylon the Great. The apostate unholy church. The bride of Christ is holy. So we read in Ephesians 1 verse 4. For he chose us in him before the creation of the world to be holy and blameless in his sight. St. Paul tells us in Ephesians 5, Husbands, love your wives just as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her. To make her holy, cleansing her by the washing with water through the word, and to present her to himself as a radiant church without stain or wrinkle or any other blemish, but holy and blameless. The bride of Christ is pure. The bride of Christ is a pure virgin. She is holy and she is glorious. And she loves righteousness and hates wickedness. So we read in Revelation 19. Hallelujah. For our Lord God almighty reigns. Let us rejoice and be glad and give him glory. For the wedding of the Lamb has come and his bride has made herself ready. Fine linen bright and clean was given her to wear. Fine linen stands for the righteous acts of the saints. Revelation 21 and verse 2 I saw the holy city the new Jerusalem coming down out of heaven from God prepared as a bride beautifully dressed for her husband as the bride of Christ brothers and sisters we aim daily for greater holiness greater sanctification The nature of church, number five, the body of Christ. The church is the body of Christ. And we read this in chapter 12 of Romans, verse five, verse five, it says, So in Christ we who are many form one body and each member belongs to all others he uses this metaphor many times in his epistles 1st Corinthians 12 beginning with verse 12 the body is a unit though it is made up of many parts and though all its parts are many they form one body so it is with Christ verse 14 now the body is not made up of one part but of many if the foot should say because I am not hand I do not belong to the body it would not for that reason cease to be part of the body the eye cannot say to the hand I don't need you and the head cannot say to the feet I don't need you verse 27 now you are the body of Christ and each one of you is a part of it vitally related. There is no autonomy possible in God's holy church. There are no eyes and hands and legs floating about. There is one body yet consisting of many members related to Christ and to all members. So each member belongs to all and related to all. It is impossible to separate oneself from the one body. Leg needs eyes. And eyes need legs. No independence, only interdependence in God's church. My God-given gifts are to be used for the common good for the edification of the church. I depend on all of you. And all of you depend also on my humble gifts. We are one body. Each one belonging to all others. So in sanctification we aim for greater dependency. Not greater separation. Greater dependency and service. Of love. Notice then. In all these metaphors. One thing is clear. Each true believer is vitally related. First to Christ. And then to all other believers. As it is true of a human body. If you are a loose person. Like a stone not built into the building. Like a member of the body not vitally placed in the body. You are a false believer who in time will fall away. You are a selfish person serving oneself, not Christ and his church. But if you are born of the spirit and if the Lord who builds the church added you. Vitally to the church. And if the Holy Spirit baptized you into the body of Christ, then you will live the life the Apostle counsels. Rejoice with those who rejoice and weep with those who weep. Live in harmony with one another. Do not be proud. But be willing to associate with people of low position. Do not be conceited. We are not independent people floating about. Thinking what I want. Doing what I want. No regard for the scripture, for Christ, or for anybody else. The people of God are connected to God. And therefore necessarily to one another. Therefore we weep with those who weep. And rejoice with those who rejoice. And we live in harmony with everybody. And we associate with people of low position. And we refuse to be arrogant and proud and conceited. Heavenly Father, we pray that you help us to understand the nature of your church. This we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.